G'day, this is uh, Craig Spilsbury from Ironhouse Distillery on the east coast of Tasmania. Uh, you listen to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. Bunch of legends. Tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Anytime the, the word Ironhouse comes up to us, all of a sudden we're too pissed to do anything vaguely coherent. And we were just like, what the hell is this? I love grass. How good was grass? That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. All right, I'm on. I'm always on, though. Yeah, you've turned me on. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, actually, I Not turn, anymore. I turn, I turn myself on. Yeah, no, you've taken over turn on duties, then. It used to be solely my responsibility, but we've, yeah. uh, we've shared that role now. I have to push my own button. Yeah. Every relationship gets to that stage, Ted. <laughs> Deck the halls with drams of whiskey. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la. La-la. Very good, Ted. He does know his Christmas carols after all. Welcome along, one and all, to the 2023. The 2023 Christmas special. Merry Wafflemas to ye all. Yes, I believe that makes it episode number 65. Um, Yeah, but, you know, very excitingly. The episode where we don't follow our usual structure, we just throw in some random bits and pieces that have been recorded. Um, either tonight or over time or things that just don't fit in normally. It's like grabbing your stocking on Christmas morning and rummaging through and finding little things that have been wrapped up and turns out they're just little bits of crap that have sort of mum's mum's chucked in there just to bulk it out a bit. But good news, there is a pair of socks down the bottom. Yep, that always bulks it out. (laughs) But both your stocking and your pants when you want to appear (laughs) particularly well endowed. But but not in front of mum. One of the the few people that you're not trying to impress with that pair of socks, but you know. Bring forth the fatted carrier pigeon. We are... (laughs) Feasting tonight on the little delicacies that we've put together throughout the year. Yeah, it's not far away from Christmas. We're recording this uh, a week out. Occasionally mm. in the past, we've recorded the Christmas special sort of a month out and found it uh, difficult to get in the mood. But then we pop a couple of little uh, blue pills in the uh, but, but then we um, have a few drams and it's absolutely right. But no, I'm um, feeling quite Christmassy and I've got a few Christmas drams lined up. Um, mm. um, you got anything in mind, Ted, for some drams at Christmas time? Um... As you know, I have a few bottles sitting around unopened. Yes, I'm looking forward to the meat tray. We're going to have to open yeah. them all on a one sunny afternoon before you go away. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, on that subject, though, I don't have something for Christmas Day, but I do have something to share with us together Ooh. now. Uh, 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 an early Christmas dram. An early, an early Christmas dram. Yeah, yeah. So this is our whiskey waffle Christmas get together. This is this is our little thing. Is I'll be down south this, this Christmas. Is a little, Treat. Oh, oh! He's got the new one. No, he doesn't. He's got an old one. It's it's still the same one. You you actually don't remember oh, the first time right, we tried yeah, it yeah. because you'd had a lot of things fed to you by um, Tim Duckett. Yes, I had at the time. Yeah. So um, for the listeners at home, Ted has produced not the new luck Christmas cask, but um, one of the oh, nearly empty one yeah. from years gone by. This is number two. Number two. So yeah, the this luck. Is, this is Old Hobart Distillery. No, right. For those in the know, forty-five percent uh, bottle number eight hundred ninety-nine out of three thousand five hundred. So mm-hmm. they did get a. There were a few Christmas presents in uh, uh, some sacks that year. Mm, yeah. Would you like a a small splash of some Christmassy liquid? Yeah, splash I'll, it out. Just I'll, while um, I'll while tell Ted, you about it. Yeah, well, while Ted's pouring, I'll tell the the background of the cask itself, which is um. 
Yeah, a lark spirit that has been finished in barrels that contain a rather sweet and spiced wine. So um, Frogmore Creek makes a wine that goes into a mi- uh, mince pie jus. Not not so much a um, Australian classic meat pie, is in a Christmas <laughs> Christmas mince pie. A oh, fruit mince. Amazing. Yeah, that's the next level. <laughs> um, lark footy cask. But then Lark got their hands on a few of the empty barrels of that and filled it up again with their own spirit. And, of course, this sort of slightly pushes the boundaries of what really is whiskey because there's so much sweet residue left over yeah, in that yeah. barrel. But it's Christmas, and we're more forgiving at Christmas time. First time we ever smelled it, we're actually at Lark. And yeah. we smelled it straight out of the barrel, and we were just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. What, the, a- what the Christmas bells is this? <laughs> so, um, no, there's a big uh, dash of ginger, some... Uh, Oh, it's just... Dried figgy fruits. Spice. Spice, spice, spice all yeah. the way. It's, it, in, in actual fact, you're right. It's all spice. Yeah. I get that, definitely. All right, then. While we um, while we sip upon the uh, um, Christmas cask, mm. shall we tell the listeners what is in store for today's episode? Because, um, yeah, there's a few special items that we've kind of held over for, uh, for the right moment, and I feel the moment is now nigh. Yeah. Well, speaking of reading things... Mm. We are going to bring you a special radio production, yes. a, a Whiskey Waffle original <laughs> radio play. Yeah, this is more than just a skit, I think. This is a, a series of skits that we did for a, a whiskey tasting earlier on this year. It was this year, wasn't it? Oh, gosh, was it? it might, might have been, been last year, year even. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yes, we threw together a film noir special for some drams that came from Speyside. Mm. The um the the whiskies in question um form a bit of a rogues gallery as as we go through and uh meet each of these characters to try and find our killer, um two you know, um detectives with a uh, a lot behind their eyes, so well, that'll be coming up. Not not much behind their eyes by the end of the night. No no I'm true. Just <laughs> this this is also true. But um I'm I'm really excited and I think um I'm gonna have to work this into the title somehow. Christmas with Iron House. Christmas with Craig. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but there is um, there's a bunch of Iron House content that we haven't got out there yet, and there's a good reason for this. Um, that's because anytime the the word Iron House comes up to us, all of a sudden we're too pissed to do anything vaguely coherent. Yeah, we actually have to be quite careful when it comes to uh, Iron House related content because <laughs> one of us, not mentioning names, has actually broken their leg. <laughs> Over a few Iron House drams. Well, a few might be an understatement. Yes, yes. Many Iron House drams. <laughs> Indeed. And, and and we went down there uh, last year and um, managed no, to... Re- no leg breakage. No leg breakage. But no, we did manage to make a 10-minute interview stretch for about an hour and a half uh, with Craig Spilsbury. So, um, yeah, I'm going to bring you the selected highlights from that there. Um, our Patreon is going to get an extended version um, up on the feed. But yes, I'm just going to give you a, a slight highlights of uh, Craig Spilsbury. Basically, if there's a better waffler out there than you and I, Ted, then that man is Craig. Oh, absolute legend. He is yep. He is 100% up for a chat. Enthusiasm personified. Yep. And I'm also going to bring in um, some of the interview that we did with, uh, with Briggsy. Michael mm. Briggs, the distiller and um, co-owner of um, Ironhouse Distillery as well. So, yeah, we're going to feature some Ironhouse content. Um, yeah, they're a bit of a bit of a special distillery as well. Not the 
the largest, but one of the most accessible if you're a Tassie tourist, I'd say. Mm, mm, definitely. If you're heading up the East Coast, definitely think about stopping in at White Sands. Mm, that's right. I mean, it's, it's the brewery as well. They've got these big glass windows or essentially big um, floor-to-ceiling windows that you can look through and see the distillery slash brewery. Um, lovely tasting room, um, lots of different things on offer. And yeah, obviously right next to the beach as well. Mm. Lovely spot. Great people. Um, but I think... We're going to hand things over to Craig to start off this episode. Um, so for an edited highlights, I haven't done the editing at the time of our recording, so um, future Nick's got that, that yeah. to deal with, so um, good luck to that guy. But um, uh, Ted, Nick, and Craig Spilsbury. Hardcore! Waffle, waffle, waffle in with... May we try some? We've, we've, we, yeah, yeah, get amongst them. Oh, yes. Oh, what good a lovely sound. <laughs> You got a favourite around here, Spilsy? Best barrel in the place? Just, just to clarify, we're hanging out with Spilsy as well. Absolute legend. Hello. Oh, I don't know about that, but you know. Um, yeah, well, the one I showed you guys earlier on, we've been down here about five or ten minutes now, people. Oh, five or ten drams, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the one I showed you before, the leaky one, that's, that's my favourite. It's pretty old, obviously. It's been there since 2016 and just... We can't stop the leak no matter what we do and what's coming out of it is just magnificent. It's like you just walk over and you just touch it. Touch it, touch it. And then you tap it around little areas like that, you know? And yeah. yeah, it's probably the world's best cologne, really. What was your pick, Teddy Boy? I'm actually enjoying this podcast that we're just drinking now. Mm, it's, it's pretty tasty, yeah, isn't it? it is. We were on the, the traditional podcast right now, or are we uh, um, talking about the, the one I might have sneakily pulled yeah. out of the, no. the barrel just before? So that, that one was amazing, but it's not for a general release. So no. It's about time I had a little sneaky... I think it would be wrong to have a little a sneaky snifter. Yeah. So, Spilsy. Yes. What's the point of you? <laughs> what, what, what wow, you such a, existential questions. Yeah. What, what do you actually do around here? I'll write you personally, yes. What is your role, Spilsy? That's a good question to ask. Tell us. It's, 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 I don't know. <laughs> it's, really, it's really funny. I got, I got asked that question, um, shit, around about six months ago. Uh, we had some influencers come down and we were mentioning him before, you know, got, got interviewed and said, what's your role? And honestly, my role's evolved into such a, a, a fast, oh God, I can't even put it in, I can't even put it down into what it was. How I first came to Iron House, how it all began is I used to work in a pub up in Launceston called Cock and Book. Nice one. Sounds, sounds appropriate. The Cock and Bull. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Very old pub, the Cock and Bull now. Um, but before that, it used to be called the Trades Hall. And funnily enough, I used to play music at the Trades Hall when I was an old grasshopper. As I got older, the Cock and Bull was a place that had not only great beer, but um, they used to really support a lot of locals. By great beer, do you mean five taps of Bogues? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of craft beer back then. I'm showing my age a little bit, but this I'm going back like 15, 18 years. There was only like, I think, two or three people brewing craft beer in the state. Let alone, I don't think there was any whiskey being produced. If it was, it was only by one person and one person only. Yep. Um, yeah, and I met Briggsy, uh, who runs Iron House at the time. Uh, fast forward around about six, seven years, and he offered me a job. And that job was to come down and be like a salesman of sort for lack of a better way of putting it um, come down and just look after things and promote the product out and about work out uh, how we can get it a bit further but 
in the background at the time he said to us that we're going to be moving into the whiskey side of things and then yeah from then it's just moved up into i do a little bit of everything now mm. <laughs> but yeah yeah i look i don't know I, i'm kind of pretty lucky mm. you know i've sort of fallen into a lot of things over the years um without even meaning to you know now that's cool. whiskey wouldn't that be the best mm. like what a way to go and that would be the perfect ending to me everybody would be at the funeral be like yeah that's about right <laughs> oh have you heard the good word about whiskey <laughs> have you heard the good word so i'm like what would you call like a the, one of those traveling salesmen that knocks on your door but instead of having vacuums like, oh whiskey no 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 i, I i'm re- i'm pretty lucky but whiskey I'm, missionary i think yeah, yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah i like that you know I could devote myself to whiskey and nothing else. Yeah. I'd be pretty happy about that. He's usually horizontal too. So. <laughs> the Peter the car strength was um, never going to be a, a car strength. Right. Yeah, it was. We were never looking at releasing car strength whiskies. Like um, I used the word all the time, and people probably sick of me hearing me say it. But I use nepotism quite a lot when it comes to whiskey, because much like your your favourite pasta sauce or you, you know your favorite um you know roast or you know whatever you do at home everybody loves their own shit yeah. you know they really do everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're the best when it comes to making pasta sauce pizza you name it but i'm my world's worst enemy and i just kept tasting them going this is so good oh my god <laughs> but i'm just like nepotism you think it's good because it's yours yeah so we um we got a young lady in that's probably just ruined that soundbite by the way but we got our young lady in that we know a little lady by the name of um, Christy Lark uh, she's a good mate of mine loose unit love her to death she did us the justice of coming up and doing a bit of a sensory tasting so we've never released a car strength because we thought why would you it's too strong we love it like that but why would you yeah. she come up and I won't tell you what her actual words were because there's a lot of you know, abusive things in there and I've got my phone on. Sorry, boys. That's fine. We're just turning that off. Oh, that's my missus. She sent me an audio message, which we won't play live because it's, prob- <laughs> it's probably X-rated. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's X-rated. Um, so, yeah, we got Christy up here. We did a bit of a sensory tasting. <laughs> and, man, what a morning that was. Like, you imagine, Christy Lark, Briggsy, myself. Yeah. All this, we had all the peated barrels down, we're tasting the car strength, 63, 65%, what a great day. But the moment she tasted that, mm-hmm. literally, the expletives that come out of her mouth about how good it was, was, uh, yeah. Gosh, golly dang dumb. Yes, okay. yes. Mighty fine whiskey. The birds, birds dropped out of the sky, you know, somewhere, somewhere a rainbow died. <laughs> That's how bad it was. She's like, if you ever mess with that whiskey, you're bloody idiots. Uh, release it just the way it is. So that's why we released our first car strength. Yeah. And you've just tasted that just then. Mm. Our car strength does have that nice viscousness to it. Yeah. And I think we were saying before, and I don't know if your punters want to know, but we have this wonderful thing here and we're still not sure of the science behind it. But instead of losing alcohol percentage in our barrels, once it's in there, it actually goes up in alcohol. So we just lose nothing but you know, water. We don't lose anything to the animal Yeah, you can, yeah. which we haven't done. I don't think there's a better Tasmanian peated whiskey out there, just quietly, mm. you know. Um, I'd hold a candle up against damn near anything because it just has that nice, nice mouthfeel. It's not too heavy, it's not too light. It's got, 
And I wonder really if your, nice equipment, your equipment here brings out the best in it because I know. Well, I, I certainly know the spools. My equipment hasn't run at this best for quite some time, unfortunately, boys. Uh, um, yeah, but I once mean, again, hi, hi, El, how you doing? Do you think you um, actually did delve into the tails a bit more than you would have with a regular run? Oh shit, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? No, 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 no. We're actually pretty good when it comes to tails. Yeah. Um, Just with the smoky sort of yeah, crazy you, stuff. you need to get into the tails a bit more with your smoky stuff. But I, I certainly don't. Smoke Look, feet. we do run out a little bit, but we never take our tails too far. Like we just don't. It's like we never run early on the heads either. You know, sometimes we probably go a little bit further than what we should when it comes to the heads, because I find that that real big sort of like... You twerk responsibly. <laughs> yeah, responsible twerkness is a thing. <laughs> um, you know, I think more people should practice that in, yeah. in life. I certainly don't think that this tastes anything like a Tasmanian for peating. Like it's, it's a very different peat in there and it's, it's very close to delicious Scottish peat? No, it totally is. Considering it's not even Scottish peat in there, though, it, it really is. It's like I think it's about the closest I've ever tasted to a Australian whiskey that's doing justice to... I think it's got that coastal advantage as well, being here. Like you were saying before, there is going to be some sort of influence from the, the coastal sea air, which um, yeah. can really give it that sort of um, maritime sort of thing. But there's this... Grungy, I think it's, yeah, I, I still get a bit of fire on the palate, and I think it's that sort of grungy, um, sooty smoke flavour that came across. The, 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 under, the undertone of it, it's the sweetness, it's like got that nice sort of caramel sweetness, which is still coming through. Uh, yeah, the 60% alcohol certainly, certainly doesn't hurt it, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it, like, I think that's part of its X Factor. We've, uh... Bunghole. Stuck our uh, noses in Spilsy's bunghole several times today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. And may I say it's been lovely every single time. Well, here's a question. Do they still come in books? Ah, that's a very good question. Yeah, so the books were, you know, to obviously tell the story once upon a time, a great marketing idea. Um, I will say they do take up a lot of space. Yeah, well, I, still have, I still have my books. That's where I was going with it when I went there. Um, look, in, in all honesty, it was a great idea. It looked cool. We loved it. I'm the biggest book fan in the world. So for me, it was pure porn. But in all honesty... He's got all of Grug. I love Grug. How good was Grug? Oh, great. Grug's really Australian. Yeah, the, worst, the worst thing is a lot of people, in the, these young kids these days, don't know what Grug is. Just to deflate your tyres, probably like less than two minutes of what we've talked about today will go into the actual... Exactly. No, I about five minutes worth. Okay. Oh, he, I'd like at least seven. <laughs> he, he, he's the uh, editing man. But but the rest of it will go to the Patreons. Mm. Hey, Patreons, you guys rock. Yeah, we, um, we, lo we love you. Yeah. We do. Spilsy loves you. Yeah. No, I do. I actually do love Patreons. Uh, yeah, yeah. Patreons. What, what are they known as? Patreons or Patreons? Uh, official Wafflers for us. Official Wafflers? Yeah. Well, hello, Official Wafflers. But also, I'll say, Spilsy, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for having us at Iron House Distillery today. I can't wait for an episode. I think it's going to be 53. 65, but close enough. The Iron House special. Yeah. 53. Oh, I don't have any special... Um, any in special relation to number 53 but that's Until okay now. look Until it's now. been um obviously you know, I've, I've known you guys for a while a goddamn honor but it has been an honor it's been a pleasure it. it's been loose mm. but the special sort of loose and i hope uh you got some good tidbits out of there your 
Patreons and your podcast followers enjoy. I reckon. It's been fun. We certainly have. What was your favourite whiskey, boys? Just before you go, just quickly, the, quickly, the la- quick. The, the, the last one in my glass. The last one in your Actually, glass. Actually, no, like, I was going to say the, the, the although that, that car strength from that. That car strength. That car strength was, was bloody but no, awesome. But in terms, back, of, that in terms of bottled whiskey, that petered, yeah. Yeah, that petered. You've created, you've created one of oh. Tasmania's best petered whiskeys. So Thank you so much for uh, coming and shining a light on us, boys. We um, can't thank you enough. Bunch of legends. Sounds no worries. Nice one. So I've got to tell you, just while we're having this interlude, I've got to tell you about the dream that I had the other night. Oh, yeah. So I, I had a dream where I summon, use, use blood to summon a demon that, that inhabited, a, that used as a body a chili filly and it had... Carrot, cucumber, and capsicum crudities, which it used used as legs and feelers to move itself around and try to capture things. <laughs> Whiskey Waffle Productions presents. The case of the multi-carrier pigeon. Sundown. The time where all the sharp folk come out to play. The sky is dark as a first fill Oloroso cask. Question. If a bottle gets killed in the city, who collects the refund? <laughs> Joke. We ain't introduced a collection scheme yet. They just get tossed in the gutter. Wash up with all the other trash and scum. The name's DCI Nick Falinch, Scottish Whiskey Division. I've been involved in dark spirit related crimes since my days as a rookie. No one knows Dufftown's city on a belly like I do. Guys like me understand only too well. There are two space sides to every story. Case has been going slow recently. I just finished a stack of paperwork the size of a duty-free bottle, and goddammit, I needed a drink. I was considering polishing my weapon for the thousandth time when I got a call from my partner, Teddy Waffles. He's always taken violence against whiskey personally, as if he's haunted by something. I still have the dreams. Every night... I close my eyes, and there she is, slipping from my fingers, her curved body shattering on the pavement. One moment, a 17-year-old full of spirit. The next, God damn, I miss that Glen Farkless. I can't believe I dropped a full bottle. Never again. Nick Valinch. Hope I didn't wake you. It's 7.45 in the evening. Oh, well, I've got news. Pack your whiskey Bibles. They found a bottle. A bottle? Where are waffles? At a shady dive known to the locals as Whiskey Waffle Podcast HQ. And the bottle... Was it 
empty. How empty? Not even dregs. I'll be right over. I'm here. Wow, you weren't kidding. I don't kid. Now, show me the bottle. It appears to be a single malt. Scottish whiskey. Twelve-year-old. Too young. Too young. Do we have any suspects? We're bringing the first into the station now. Good. We're gonna need to do a thorough investigation. So, Glenn Live at 12 year old. If that even is your real name. Can I get you any water? Any ice blocks? Forget the good cop shtick waffles. This guy smells like trouble. Could it be the fact it's been exclusively matured in first fill ex bourbon casks? <sighs> Could be actually, yeah. Hmm. Doesn't rule it out as a bottle killer. Exactly. Well, you gonna talk? As it's only 40%, probably doesn't have much to say. Fine, fine. But you better be tasty. It was a cold night in Sin City. The rain falling messily, like a drunk at a urinal. Hey! You done in there yet? Sorry, coming, coming, coming. The streets were awash with booze. Drams of every style and creed merging together in the dark, like a cheap blend. So, uh, you, uh, you see the game last night? Yeah, it was a cracker! The Lynch and I had been on the trail of a bottle killer down in the notorious Speyside district. No luck so far, but we'd been sniffing out some leads. Our noses for trouble, weirdly phrased there, <clears throat> had led us down to the fish markets to talk to a meaty character known as Big Ben Rins, an enforcer in Douglas Lang's Provenance Gang. Come on, Ben Rins, spill the beans. What do you know? Ah, this big hogshead doesn't look like he's talking, boss. Don't worry. I got his number, though. Yeah? Yeah. Cask 45983. Distilled 2007. Released at 12 years old. 46%. Ah, forget it. This spirit's silent. We'll be keeping an eye on you, though, Ben Rins. Sir, lab report just came back. Traces of caramel coloring under the rim of the lid. Odd. I think someone is trying to throw us off the scent by disguising their identity. Time of death also doesn't make sense. The report says they've already been chill filtered for several hours. Which means they must have been killed somewhere else and moved to the drinks cabinet later. We're being played for fools here, Waffles! Never mind that! We've got our next suspect to interview. So, Glen Alecky, 12-year-old, know anything about caramel coloring? Says here it's all natural color. What? 
That fake tan hue must be Sherry Matude, boss. With a hint of virgin oak. Alright, Glen Alecky, you're out on bail. For now. It had been a rough night down at the station. I went over to Nick for Lynch, just to see if he'd made any progress. Made any progress? Nope, not a nose. I had no idea what not a nose actually meant, but I sure as heck hadn't gotten any closer to finding the bottle killer. He seemed to be slipping through my fingers like angels sharing a tonnage warehouse. What we needed was another suspect. Got any more suspects? Yeah, we do. I told him we had more suspects. <clears throat> well, show him in, Waffles. God damn it, it could be the killer. As soon as that bastard marched into the station, I recognized him instantly. It was the Abelair Cask Enam. I'd put away his big brother, Abelair Abunar, only recently for not displaying an age statement. It felt like fate. Cask Enam, 48%. Mix of bourbon and sherry casks? You're wasting your breath, Waffles. This guy won't talk for free. Fortunately, I happen to know he has a few assets. All of which... Liquid. Sir, I've been going through some of the financial records, and I've found something... odd. You have been going through... Financial records? You struggle to count past ten if you're wearing socks. Shut up. Here, look at this. These records relate to an independent bottler called Claxton's. Nice family-owned business, right? Go on. I've done a bit of digging. They own the bar where our empty was found. But that's not all. Look who they've been getting into bed with. Glenn Murray. Those Elgin sharks. How are they mixed up in all this? It gets weirder. What do you normally associate with Glenn Murray? Bourbon casking. Light body. Not too much to write home about. Get a load of this. Claxtons have been putting them up in a Muscatel cask. There's some big numbers going on here, too. 50%? That is big. Especially for you to count, Waffles. Uh, hey, what's this? Hmm. 57.64 North, 3.34 West. Hmm. Coordinates? But what for? Ah, could... Could just be a red label herring. Let's hit the street and see what we can find. The night rolled on. The crowds noisier and harder to control. We cruised the streets, aching to break the seal on the case. Proved to ourselves that the bottle killer was real. In the game of man versus booze, we were under the table. We were passing a dive bar called the Pagoda. 
when the door opened and a familiar scent rolled out on the breeze. I turned to Valinch, but as usual, that nose of his was already running. You smell that? Smoke. Not just any smoke. Pete, last time I caught that earthy reek was in that case on Islay when he tracked down that statuette, the multi-carrier pigeon. What's it doing here, though? Not much Pete in space eyes. Let's find out, shall we? Well, well, what do we have here? Ben Riak. And up to your eyeballs in the smoky stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Says here 100% peated barley, sir. Double cask matured, too. Bourbon casks I can handle, but getting fire-toasted virgin oak mixed up in this? Where do you get off? Careful, sir! This guy's packing heat! 52.8% straight out of the cask! Easy, Waffles. It might be smoke season in here, but... I'm not sure if this pity perp is our smoking gun. At least we're keeping the stink off the streets. Come on, Bemriac. Time to cool your fires back down at the station. We return to the station empty-handed. Well, nearly empty-handed. What? I've never heard of this independent bottler before. Plus, it had such a pretty label. We sat the new bottle on the shelf, next to the other unopened indies that took Waffle's fancy on the previous cases, and reached for a tib that we each possessed spare bottles of. But then, we were disturbed by a clanking at the base of the cabinets. What was that? You tell me, Waffles. Can't tell you what I don't know, boss. Open the cabinet. No. Why not? Because... You've got the key. Oh, yeah. <gasps> what are these? Are they... Empty. All of them. But how did they... Wait. Lonnie Bourbon cask? Hobart signature? These are yours! Seem to see a few of yours in there too, Waffles. Well, of course. Gotta make space for those new indies. Means? Motive? Opportunity? We got together to record a pod last week. The Trifector! D Does that mean... Our bottle killers are... Us? It does make sense. It's not even the first time. Probably should have thought of that earlier. Well, guess we can call that case closed. The only ones with the nous to catch us were us. And we would have got away with it if it weren't for those meddling wafflers! As I filed away the paperwork, I looked out across the city. A recycling van hummed along the street in the distance. Keeping it clean. No evidence. I poured myself a dram at Glenfid, noticing with some discomfort it was past half gone. They say nothing lasts forever, but 
if they meant it, Waffles wouldn't still be hanging on to his last inch of Yoichi. Cases like this one just prove there are always two space sides to every story. Now, I was talking to someone about that the other day. So, um, hey, Cam. I know because oh, I know. Hey Cam. I, hey Cam, I know you listen to our podcast. Cam said to me at work yesterday that he'd finally got around to listening to our uh, last episode, which was about car strength. I was like, hey, good, on, good on you. But then I was telling him about your holiday because I was. He was asking. Uh, I mentioned to him that we we're going to be recording this weekend, and I then told him we we're going to talk about English whiskey and told him about your holiday, and then told him about Cotswold, mm. and I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. What was it? Jeez, this, um, is, this is definitely going the outtakes. <laughs> what was I talking about? So, Ted, tell me, tell me, what do you mean by distillate driven? I don't know. I have to ask Clay. On that. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know that I've ever quite wrapped my head around exactly what distillate driven is and what what I suppose Cleon in particular means by distillate driven. So my interpretation is that the flavour of a whiskey is more influenced by the New Make spirit rather than the cask mm. that it's been in. Now we always talk about like a flavour of the cask is like three quarters from the barrel. But what if it wasn't? What if it was one quarter from the barrel? Yeah, and that's that's really what Cleon and others like to delve into um, in terms of all all, the, all those little intricacies that go into uh, it, we we talk about sort of um, three ingredients, mm. infinite flavors or infinite possibilities. Let's say yeah. you you take all those nuances of. Like, the grain that you use, the yeast that you use, the, mm. the equipment that you use to turn it into not quite beer, the stills that you use to um, turn your not quite beer into um, spirit. The cuts that you make The along cuts the way. that you make. Um, mm. even, even down to like the, the type of barley that you use. Yeah. Or, or types of like... Fermentation think, think, temperature. Think of something like um, Archie Rose using... Oh, yeah. Different grains. Multiple different. Mash bill, yeah. Um, there, is, there is certain distilleries that I know that Cleon at least really riffs on and, and talks talks yep. a lot about like distillate lead, so especially some like Campbelltown ones or things like um, what we were just talking about, um, Bunhaven, because mm. you've managed to get- myself yeah. some- uh, Canasta playing companion. Yep. Um, anyone else a fan of the card game Canasta? Well, I now have a Canasta cask. Um, thanks to the Whiskey Club. Um, to a Fail a surplus that have, have come down through the Whiskey Club for me from uh, Bonahaven. I couldn't resist. And um, yeah, it's one of Cleon's favourites to talk about in terms of the distillate driven. I think Tim Ducker talks about this as well, but he doesn't say distillate driven. Partially because he's probably not a wanker, but also because he just says spirit driven. As opposed to cask driven, like he never says cask driven, but that's what he's meaning. Yeah, spirit driven versus yeah stuff that is basically wet casking and just like big bold port or sherry bombs. Um, which you know who doesn't like a big bold port or sherry bomb? But we also like the subtle intricacies that come with a distillate driven. Yeah, and so it's okay. it's interesting. Um, so Lord Walden, 
oh, how is that guy? Yeah, great, great, great. He's, he's I, I assume he's great. He's been in South Australia and fail, failing to find South Australian whiskey, which he's quite sad about. Has he been to Florio? Well, I don't know if he's actually been to Florio, but he, he didn't actually manage to find any South Australian whiskey in South Australia, but he did oh. find some Florio in a bar in Melbourne. Good job. Well um, but he also said that he's... Um, he says, I've been getting off... Brackets, not a euphemism. He <laughs> <laughs> needs to specify that. Yes. The Peter Drams lately, starting to revert back to non-Peter offerings and got me thinking, I'd love to hear you guys talk more about distillate-driven bottles. Oh, wow. Not too heavily cask-influenced either. So, Who, yeah. I I think that maybe we're going to have to have a, a chat with our um, sensei in this area, Cleon, and ask, like, what, what are the the ones that we should really focus on and talk about when we, we want to sort of think about distillate-driven Yeah, this cars. is both a good idea and a bad idea. Cleon will give us some amazing suggestions. However, none of them will be Australian, or, and especially none of them will be Tasmanian. I'm really curious as to what are the Tasmanian distillate-driven drams mm. because we, we're always thinking about this in terms of that sort of stick them in a port cask, let it age for a few years, get it out mm. there. But I mean... That is uh, more and more in, uh, turning out to be not the case. I've got a few ideas. I, th- I think he's pulling his finger. I think that you would say Sullivan's Cove. I didn't even think of Sullivan's Cove, but now you've said it. Yeah, no, I'm. I think Sullivan's new make is a bit crappy. I like the end product. Don't get me wrong, but mm. it takes me eighteen years to get to that point. I was actually thinking something like Adams. Oh yeah, I like Adams is so hit and miss. Hell is road, dare I say. Mm. We, we rarely get a chance to try their new make either. There's a lot of sameness to some Tasmanian new makes, and it's, you know, those sort of subtle differences along the way and then the cast that they have access to. But you've also got something like Western Tears Distillery 10. Western Tears yeah. make an exceptional new make because it's clean, because it's a, a, almost a blank canvas to paint this picture on. Um, that's why Tim Ducker likes it so much. But... Is that really a distillate-driven whiskey? I, I don't know. We, I mean, we haven't tried their finished product yet, but yeah. it's an interesting point. I think this is going to have to be a topic of further discussion. You, you know what, though, Ted? You know what? Mm. You know, out of any distillery in Australia, if we're talking about a distillate-driven whiskey, you know who it should be? Archie Rose. Yeah, well. They're, they're a distinct thing. And everyone likes Archie Rose, don't they? Every single person in the world, right? <laughs> no, actually. It turns out not. Um... Snags and Paps have uh, friend, uh, our Patreons, uh, friends of the pod, mm. have very uh, solid views on Archie Rose. Um, we did send out last episode the Archie Rose rum cask, um, cask, cask strength. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I think this probably says, says everything. Um, nose, Archie Rose crap wrapped in vanilla coconut liqueur. <laughs> Prickly pear. Bigfoot's dick, toenail polish. <laughs> the 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 um the palate is marginally better. Coffee, cacao, and acetone, and um the finish is bounty chocolates, bitter as AF dark chocolate, and we both felt sorry for Mrs. Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so yeah. Turns out that um our old mate sausage and old mate paps. We sh- we should not feed them Archie Rose. That's all right. We're not going to do that every uh, every month. That was just the one particular one. But um, yeah, I think it must be the mash bill, the sort of grain balance that they have, and therefore 
the distillate that comes out um, does not please snags and paps. Um, yeah. And it may not please you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you, loyal listener. But it also might please someone else. It, it, it does seem a bit polarizing, the old Archie Rose. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of leaning into the pro camp. Ted's probably more slightly yeah, back um, towards the, the con, but we're probably, if I said at 60% pro, he sits at 40%. So, yeah, yeah, we're towards the middle. They did like the Belgrove, though. So that was that was good. Um, I, I do note a a tasty note of buttered popcorn in there, which mm. reminds me. It actually I'd completely forgotten, but it does remind me. I have a I have a treat, a surprise, a buttered popcorn treat, almost a oh, Christmas treat. He for actually us. literally does have a Christmas. Tre- it is popcorn. It is popcorn. What is it? I'd like you to read what that is. Tazzy Settlers. Whiskey-infused salted caramel popcorn made in Kempton. Ah, old Kempton popcorn made using whiskey. Um, ingredients, butter, maple syrup, brown sugar, popcorn, whiskey, salt, and oil. Well, then, we're going to wreck our palates at some stage. Is this the time? Yeah, let's do it. This is the time. So, the, this is the very first time that Whiskey Waffle has tasted whiskey popcorn yep. on the pod before. I'll grab myself a, a couple of bits. I think it's the first time we've tasted whiskey popcorn full stop. No, I don't think it's a common thing, to be fair. Right. Who's ready to hear us crunch popcorn into the microwave? It's quite crunchy. The biggest crush on the darker cell. Does it taste like whiskey? It's quite chewy. <laughs> I think it's because of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. I suspect it may have been wafted near mm. some whiskey. Mm. You got two comments, yeah. My first one is it's actually quite tasty. Mm. It's quite a good confectionery popcorn. Mm. Does it taste like whiskey? No, no, it does not. Well, folks, if you would like to get some, you can get it from Kempton. <laughs> waffle, waffle, waffle in with. G'day, wafflers. We're back for another episode of Waffling With, and we are on the beautiful east coast of Tasmania again. And we are talking today with Michael Briggsy Briggs of Iron House Distillery thanks, um, and Brewery. Uh, thanks for inviting us along, mate. No worries. Thanks for coming to the east coast. It's an exciting project out here because obviously we're here for the whiskey, but there's some there's some beers, um, there's some wine, um, there's some other spirits. Um, basically, you guys do it all out here. Look, we're very self-sufficient what we uh, <laughs> what we what we do down here, boys. But um, yeah, look, it's it's been an accommodation venue for uh, you know close to forty years now, and um, since our family has owned it back in two thousand and two, we've been able to yeah obviously grow the business into what it's become today as a sort of a what we regard as a you know a sort of premier sort of beverage destination in regards mm. to what we do do here so you know everything from beer wine and all facets of spirits is is what we're all about so yeah so tell us tell us about where we are then look we're located right here at Ironhouse Point uh, hence the name so Ironhouse Brewery Distillery Vineyards um, Historically, the name came from the first ironclad, um, I guess, uh, house or shack, or or it was actually a drover's hut that it was um, it was uh, namesake from. So, um, McIntyre, John McIntyre, was his name. It used to drove um, cattle up and down between here and Chain Lagoon. So, he had a drover's hut here, sitting on the uh, on the headland there, and. Um, the namesake has stuck ever since from a landmark point of view and um, geographically um, the point, Ironhouse Point is, yeah, is, uh, is known on the Tassie map. So 
that's the brief history of what this um, yeah what this land um, came from and what it was and still is today we're still driving sheep on it at the moment which um, all of our beautiful spent grain out of the brewery distillery goes to the sheep to feed on so um, it's gone full circle we're just um, producing a lot of alcohol here now yeah. as opposed to what it was probably 50-60 <laughs> years ago so so uh, your family bought the resort but you started up the uh, I guess was the brewery that came first brewery came first uh, 15 years in November this year so yep. um, it's it's been a journey um, ironically 15 years ago we, we I wouldn't say had the vision of a distillery but the distillery was talked about um, 15 years ago there there was only one other or two other distilleries in the state at that stage so you know it was very it was very mothballed in the sense of it sat there and then um, you know 10 years on 12 years on we thought well well 10 years on we thought well um, now's the time time's right and um, again five years ago 2017 when we first commissioned the distillery there were only about 18 distilleries in the state and mm, here we yeah. are close to uh, probably 90 at the yeah. moment yeah so getting close to triple figures yeah it's, it's ridiculous uh, it's <laughs> absolutely bizarre but it's it's great we um yeah we love being part of the big family so yeah, yeah. so what's what's your own background in distilling and brewing and all those sorts uh, of things okay self-taught into the brewing um when the idea came about creating a different product for the east coast with the brewery back in 2007 um well it was earmarked before 07 but 07 when we commissioned the brewery um the father-in-law came to me and said as the dinner discussion went we should do a microbrewery on the east coast and um we went out and bought the equipment from the united states um it came out of seattle um, it's a pub brewery system, seven hectolitre system, so it's a, a small little brew house kit. Um, it, uh, there was only 200 of the actual brew kits made, the pub breweries, before they actually went bankrupt <laughs> back in the day. But um, yeah, we brought one of the kits and um, once the acquisition was done, I was basically told by the father and all that I needed to learn how to brew. Um, and yeah, here we are today and I'm still learning how to brew. Not, not quite to the stage that I was 15 years ago, but you know, it's, it's an industry that you're always learning, boys, as you can well appreciate. Um, and um, since that time, um, since 2007, you know, obviously with the distillery being commissioned, I've, I've learned how to distill as well. Did a little bit of short course stuff and went away to Melbourne and, and obviously done a lot of visitations to uh, other distilleries to learn the principles of distillation. But again, it's um, when you buy a kit that we've got here, um, out of Germany, um, there was no no uh, instruction manual with it when it arrived here, so yeah. it was a case of learning how things are bolted together and learning that way as far as on the job. So yeah, yeah. So again, still learning. Tell us about that still then, and um, what sort of uh, still it is. Yeah, it's a Cody. It's a Cody. Um, it's a fifteen hundred liter pot um, still. Um, Cody are based out of Chicago. The company itself, um, German manufactured. Um, and if, when you look at the still, it's very similar to the Carl stills. Uh, the reason that is, is because the guy, um, his name is Robert, can't remember, it's because it's, um, uh, it's a Polish name, mm. um, Birkendorf or something of that nature. Um, he used to work for Carl's, Carl stills, mm. and so he went across and created his own uh, brand, the Cody still, and um, I guess, I won't say stole, but acquired some intellectual property that went across to his own sort of business and uh, created these Cody stills. Hmm. So 
Yeah, it's a 1,500-litre hybrid still, as I explained to you boys in the distillery there before, when we're doing a, a whiskey run, we've got great flexibility and control over how we uh, function that hybrid still. We can function the distillery as a, as a single pot still, but we also um, use the, uh, the fractioning column to, um, to do a one-pass distillation through whiskey, brandy, um, our neutral spirit and our gins as well. So it's, um, it's an efficient bit of kit. Um, that's what attracted us to it. And um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's behaves itself every day, which is good. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of moving forward, what does the future hold for Iron House Distillery and what can we look out for? Look, um, from a production scale, we're, we're really gonna up the ante in the next 12 to months onwards um, we've been able to um, buy some more infrastructure to enable us to do that so um, along with that and um, as I touched on earlier oh, I really want to I love rum so I'd love to do some rum distillation and um, I'm going to this is probably a whiskey waffle first hey. in the sense of uh, what I'm talking about here but we're going to try and replicate a northern hemisphere atmosphere um, for that barrel maturation um, by doing that um, we're going to create a glass we're going to build a glass house and, and do some uh, some wood maturation or some obviously rum maturation in a much uh, um, more more synonymous northern hemisphere climate with humidity and more higher temperatures um, like a Caribbean style or a very very much a spice type of rum mm. absolutely so a whiskey waffle first yeah you've heard it first here um, it's definitely happening um, in the next 12 months so um, we've got a lot of old windows that we're going to turn into and multi-purpose into a, a glass house and um, and see how we go with that. We'll have so. to uh, dust off our rum ramble uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Put the gin jargon ones back in the yeah, cupboard yeah, for a bit. Yeah, you know, and, uh, get rid of the gin ones. <laughs> rum. rum ramble. Yeah, you know, Tassie's doing some cool stuff with rum, and you know, get the boys down in Norfolk, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, yeah, I just, I think with the amount of sunshine that we get here on the east coast, I can really um, try to replicate a, a different, different atmosphere that no one else can sort of do. Mm. Tasmania per se. So, and um, yeah. it could be a, it could be a product that goes down really well in the resort type setting as well. You know, it's something well, that you who, who doesn't make like some cocktails? cocktails so, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's just it's just you know furthering our repertoire and what we do and. Um, the uh, classic saying is why not you know yeah. why, why, why can't we um, yeah. so it's uh, it's probably more of a a, a, um, a challenge than anything so that's what we like yeah and so what's your own philosophy coming into making your whiskies and all, all your products what are you trying to do look I'm trying to not be a me too mm -hmm. um, that's probably the best way that and our ethos into what we do um, you know I, as much as you do benchmarking with, with other people's whiskey and you try other people's whiskey and you enjoy other people's whiskey more than anything, it's not about, oh, I want to replicate that, I want to, I want to create my own iron house, I want to create my own thing. And I think everyone sets out to do that, boys, but um, I guess, you know, my, my desire and my want is to, is to not be that me too and just keep sort of sitting in our own wheelhouse and steering it how we want to steer it um, because... There's no, there's no rhyme, there's no rules to what, what we do in this industry. Obviously, we've got some really strong guidelines around what we do, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's about creating that uniqueness to our brand, and we've always done that, and we've always tried to set ourselves that way. So, 
Um, yeah, I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah, mm, sure. For yeah. sure. Um, I guess that's my ethos, is just not to be that, that me too and just keep creating and, um, you know, having an innovative approach to things that we do, you know, whether it be a, a glass house for rum maturation or whether it be, um, you know, it just, yeah, it's just what we do. So. Nice one. Oh, well, thanks so much, Briggsy, for having us today. Thank you, guys. And, um, yeah, keep up the good work, what you do. Thank you. Love it. Well, that brings us to an end of another Christmas. It also Mm. brings to an end of my pop filter on the microphone. Aha, that's better than I can say. Merry Christmas to all our wafflers out there. And I'd like to uh, throw out a very special shout-out to our Patreons. I'm I'm loving the banter going on. We've got a new... um, we got a got a few people join at the um at the two dollar fifty level, which mm. accesses the um you to our to our forum. So jump in, leave a comment. Don't be, don't be our... shy. Don't don't leave all the commenting to uh, Lord Walden and Snags, and Mister Jam, and Mister Jam. Yep. Mm. Good stuff. Well, we've got full of popcorn in our mouth, so it's going to yeah, yeah, yeah limit our conversation from now on. Picking picking bits out of my teeth for yeah, I know for the <laughs> next until New Year's at least. Yeah. Well, um, I did want to say, yeah, hope everyone has an amazing end of the year. And um, we're pretty excited because, um, yeah, next year we've got a bit of a holiday from Ted to talk about. I've got a bonus episode that'll fill the gap while Ted's away. And then we'll get back together in early February with some award talk. And I, I'm mm. pretty excited to start talking about it because right now I have no idea what any category is going to win. Oh, gosh, yeah. Mm. Gosh, oh, it's always getting to that time of year where we have to think about what we've actually drunk in the last year and then going, yeah, damn it, why didn't we write it down at the time? If only we had some sort of uh, audio recording of everything that we've drunk throughout here. Mm. I'm sure we will find something, Teddy Boy. We are a whiskey waffle. We've tried a few things and we've got a few bottles rattling around as evidence. Solid, hard evidence. Right. Yes, well, we'd like. I'd just like to say that Thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. We we really do this just to amuse ourselves and to spend time together. I mean, for us, that's probably the... Increasingly so. Yeah, incre- increasingly so. That's the primary driving thing behind this, that it means that we actually get an opportunity to hang out together. But we also get to share our random hangings out with you guys, and mm. that's really cool. Um, well... We think it's really cool. You guys probably think it's a bit late. But, yeah. anyway, but no, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us for another year. Mm. We will be back in 2024. 2024 is an exciting year, Ted. Do you know why? Why? 10 years of Whiskey Waffle will be celebrated in October next year. Oh, my God. Not the podcast, but the, the like when we came up with the name Whiskey Waffle, which yep. was October 2020, uh, October 2014. So next year is a 10-year celebration of Whiskey Waffle, so we're going to have to come up with something pretty decent for it. Well, everyone, I was Ted. I, I was Nick. Th- I don't think we actually t- told anyone who we were at the start of the episode. People in Ted Hook, because they're waiting for this moment yeah. right now. Yeah, so yeah, I, I was Ted. Teddy Waffles and Nick for Lynch. Yeah. Teddy Waffles, signing out. Case closed. Keep on waffling. And good, good night.
Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. This is Dramtastic, and you're listening to The Whiskey Waffle. This is Craig Spilsbury from Iron House. Enjoy your whiskey, but make sure it's Tasman whiskey. Boom. <laughs> 